Hey guys, just a quick disclaimer before the podcast gets started. Uh, Nicole and I recorded this in our home, so if you hear any baby sounds in this, don't worry, you're not going crazy. We had our our four-month-old sitting with us. Um, The other thing is, is we experienced some mic microphone technical difficulties while we were recording this uh, and didn't realize it until after the whole podcast was recorded and we're unable to pull it out some of it out with editing so if you hear any weird pops or white noise don't worry it's totally our fault don't try and adjust your audio settings or anything I I promise you it goes away Um, but the content was really good and we wanted to save it and we didn't want to try and re-record or anything. We wanted to, to share this moment with you. So with that being said, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Creekside Chats, your weekly resource. Uh, we have been away from you guys for a little while now. It's It's been a few weeks, and, and it was slightly unplanned, um, but there is good reason for that. Um, you guys may notice that you don't hear David's voice on here today, and he is a new father. Uh, their son, Maverick, was born, um, what was it, about a week ago now, on Sunday, came roaring into the world and so him and his wife Ashley have been preparing for that uh two weeks my wife's giving me the signal that he's two weeks old now so time flies when you have a kid um so I'm missing having him here with me this week but I am really excited to get this podcast started back um we're we're doing a series right now at our church called from brokenness to restored and uh, we want to tell people stories. I think everybody out there in the world has some brokenness, um, but they they can experience a restoration and a reconciliation to Jesus, and we want to help them tell that story. And uh, so this week, I'm really excited because I have my wife, Nicole, here. Uh, we told a little bit of her story in church this past Sunday through a video, and I just wanted her to be able to go into a little more detail and, and tell you about who she is and, and her story of being restored. So, hey, Nicole. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> Husband. It's a little weird. We're sitting here in our house recording this and just having a conversation. So, um, Nicole, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and maybe how you grew mm-hmm. up and a little bit of the beginnings of your story. Sure. Um, well, my name is Nicole, obviously, and uh, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, which I don't know if anybody's from there, but um, it's a pretty fairly big city. I grew up kind of in the suburbs of that area. Um, I was born at Henrico Doctors Hospital, and uh, my mom and dad uh, were both believers. They knew the Lord. They... they um, were raised in church, uh, and um, their faith became more and more real when they hit their college age. Um, that's when they met and uh, started a relationship, and 
Then uh, shortly after that, they got married. And I was right there as soon as they got married. So they they were so you, married for about a year, you, probably less than that. Okay. And then yeah. I came along as their first child. But you weren't right there at the wedding. <laughs> no, I mean, I wasn't at the wedding, but they, they got married first. <laughs> but, Love um, was in the air. Yeah, but I was definitely like there right at the beginning of their marriage um and so nine months later hello nicole (laughs) yeah so they didn't they didn't have much of a honeymoon period before they became a a family before we became a family uh so um they kind of were learning the same as as i was learning to be alive they were learning to be married and also then to have a baby so um they did an excellent job uh raising me and then my sister came along three years later and we all lived in Virginia and uh it was it was a really good childhood I I loved um growing up where we did and I I had a lot of fun um at our church I I went to Staples Mill Road Baptist Church um from the time I was born till the time I graduated college so that stability and that consistency in a church church family is was huge for me um when i was six years old my mom um, had been talking to me about jesus and my dad had been talking to me about jesus and i finally decided i wanted to uh, kind of take that step of faith i'd seen people do it and i was like well this looks like what you're supposed to do when you're six so i i did and i, I genuinely believe that that i made a step towards my faith at that moment and then I understood what I was doing and I was nervous and excited Um, and so I believe my faith started at that moment um, when I was six years old uh, with my mom praying a prayer at my bedside and uh, then I got baptized and our church was going through a transition at that time and so my dad got to baptize me which was just an awesome memory for our family. And uh, so I, I got baptized at Staples Mill Road Baptist Church. And then I sort of coasted. I think this is a story of a lot of people who have, have made that commitment of faith. They have that period of excitement and then, um, and then they sort of coast. Uh, and there was a long period of time where where I was I was coasting and and I was sort of doing faith, um, but not growing in my faith. Um, and so, what did I, that look like for you? Um, I think it just looked like a routine. So, like you wake up Sundays, you go to church. Yeah, you go with your family. Your friends are kind of around that church friendship. Um, you have good morals, uh, but there's not really a drive. There's no action verbs hmm. um, that are, are striving you towards this next goal um, of growing deeper in your faith. So that's kind of where I was for for middle school and high school, which is hard for people. Um, middle school especially was hard. I, I dealt with being bullied and um, I had some, uh, some friendships that, that kind of were broken and, uh, 
And so that whole time period, I think, for, for people is really hard. If you do have a middle schooler, love on them a lot. It's, middle it's schooler hard. is so hard. Yeah. I know that in driving that school bus. Middle schoolers, yeah. that's the hardest age. It, yeah, it was hard. And I, I moved a lot, but we lived in the same area. So I moved a lot. I went to two different elementary schools, and then I went to two different middle schools, and then I went to one high school. So once I got to high school, um, I realized that I loved the theater. Um, I kind of found my niche. Um, I was struggling in middle school to kind of figure out what it was I wanted to do. Didn't really like sports too much. (laughs) You can ask my dad. I had some really... I know your dad tried to get you into sports, too. Yeah, it was bad. So so I, I didn't really do well with sports. I wasn't super competitive at that point. Now I'm a little bit more competitive, but that point in my life, I, I wasn't. So I found theater as really my, my niche. Um, and so naturally, as I went through high school... I was looking at what am I going to do with my life? What is my career goals? And they ask you that a lot. And you're like, well, I don't know. What do I want to... I didn't really care about making money. That wasn't like something... A lot of people are like, oh, I want to make money. So they go to do this, that, and the other to make money. Well, I just wanted to do theater. That's what I loved. Wanted to act. I wanted to act. On the stage. No, I... Well... Yeah, probably. I think that there was like a little bit of a self-centered sort of gravitation mm-hmm. at that moment in my life. Did in you high have school. a favorite actor, act, actress at that point or somebody that really uh, yeah. kind of, who? I loved Christian Bale. <laughs> I did. I thought he was the, the best. And I loved the Newsies. It was like the old um, musical that came on TV with Christian Bale as the mm-hmm. lead actor. That's he probably he doesn't. Yeah, he probably doesn't really enjoy that about his career, but I certainly did enjoy that about Which his career. Which you've also introduced it to our son, who is five now, but he had already seen that movie by the age of three. Of course. <laughs> yeah. He could sing the song, too. Mm-hmm. He yeah. was good at it. Yep. So, yeah, so theater was really my my, my niche. I, I started doing some sound uh, for our choir productions and started doing a little bit of backstage stuff, started doing a little bit of stuff with lights, started doing some music stuff. So I kind of got into that whole world of theater and music and art. Um, That was something I always excelled at. And especially visual arts, I loved that even in kindergarten. I loved drawing and all that stuff. So... uh, that was kind of where I, I strove to, to be. And so my friendships were kind of with people like that. Um, well, as many of you guys know, that is a very, it can become very liberal. And it can also become very self-centered and idol- mm-hmm. there's a lot of idolatry there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see it in Hollywood. We see people who have worshipped themselves. Yeah. And have kind of created this whole it's like persona. This, it's almost like a catch-22. It's like all this self-promotion. All these people trying to make a living and self-promoting and glorifying themselves and trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah. And so everything that I was researching, all of it was really just aimed towards 
you, you, you have to be, you're, you're your own instrument. You have to excel. You have to be better than your colleagues and your friends. And, and so there was all this competitive nature in it. Um, and so that in high school, it wasn't so much, but once I got into college, which naturally I wanted to do theater in college, um, it really exploded into that. Uh, so I, so I, you, you graduated and, and you went to, to college and that's theater is what you wanted to major in yes. in college. So I started at college at Christopher Newport university as a theater major Christopher Newport University is a, is a liberal arts school, and um, it's fairly conservative, but it wasn't a Christian school. Um, so I was, this is kind of my first intro into my life, going into a place that I wasn't surrounded by people who were believers, mm. who knew the Lord. That stasis that I had created in my life, that consistency was gone. And so I didn't even know what that looked like. We had always lived in the same city. We had always been to the same church. When you have that much consistency in your life, you have no idea what it's like to not have that. When you're thrown into college as a freshman, hmm. it was it was kind of intimidating. Yeah. And it was scary. And, and I remember not knowing what I was supposed to do, who I was really. Um, I, and my faith had been so grounded in, in my parents and in, in my church and where I lived and how I grew up at that. When I finally got to that point, I was like, what is this even, how do I do this? Uh, so I, I think I, there was probably about three or four months where I kind of sort of try to do my own thing. Um, and, you know, for some reason, there's this culture of like, your faith is your own. Yeah. And you can do it on your own. You don't need to go to a church to be a Christian. And I mean, I'm sure some, some people have heard that and it's preached. Some people preach it saying like, you don't have to have a church family. You know, you're, you're a Christian. You can just kind of strive and walk on your own. And, um, so I was like, Oh, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. Let me do that. Let me just you know, walk and be a Christian on my own. And so I didn't look for a church. I didn't even look for Christian friends. Mm. I surrounded myself by theater people, art people, um, people at the liberal arts school and, uh, and kind of got into this idolatry of self glorification, uh, for a long time. And it was what, what I kind of lived for was people saying, Oh, you, you're doing awesome. And you did good at that monologue. And, um, you're, you're really a great actress and all these things that I was like, Oh, this is like fuel. Yeah. And I mean, we still have that nature. Yeah. Um, but at the same time as an immature believer, I didn't know how to, develop that right in my life you're in a new place mm -hmm. with no one to tell you that that's a dangerous path or there's no one to tell you that this stuff is not good for you in the long run yeah and it feels good mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i kind of found myself about six months into my freshman year 
isolated, uh, alone, um, with no real friends. I had friends that were kind of, oh, I'm going to be your friend and then I'm going to talk bad about you when you're not around. Yeah. Or uh, were more in- the people who were more interested in boys or relationships or, uh, you know, the, the kind of college mentality of partying and um, I never really got into partying but I just more was like oh, I'm just gonna do my own thing and be alone um, so I, I said finally I was like I need to do something about this this is not good I, I don't feel good I don't feel healthy um, and so I hit kind of a rock bottom I would say somewhere around that time we're feeding a baby right now at the same time of having this conversation so if you hear any baby noises you're not going crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah Malachi's in here with us um so yeah so it was it was kind of that scary moment that everybody reaches where they finally are like I'm ready to take this step of faith yeah I'm ready to make my faith my own um and this is kind of in my testimony that you guys heard at church. This was kind of the point where I picked up that book, which um, I found out the name of it. It's uh, the Passion of Passion of Jesus Christ, is a John mm-hmm. Piper book. And um, I, I hadn't picked up my Bible. I hadn't really prayed. Um, I picked up this book, and the first thing in there was like, "Jesus Christ died for you because you were a sinner." And it was like a whole, you know, chapter about that. And I was like, well, duh. You know, like right. you have like, that moment. I knew that. Like, why do I even need to read this? I've been told that my whole life. Jesus Christ died for you because you're a sinner. And you hear the verse in your head, John three sixteen. And and you know, I'm not I'm not belittling that. It's huge. He did die for me. I am a sinner. But when I am immature in my faith and I've heard that a million trillion times, mm-hmm. it didn't sink in. It was yeah. like, well, yeah. Um, and so I had to uh, go through a really, really traumatic experience in my life um, shortly after that uh, where I didn't, I mean, I won't go into details about it, but I didn't know how to move on from it. I was completely crushed. I remember just laying on the floor, crying. Um, I remember being in this utter depression, um, nowhere to turn. I, I didn't have a relationship with my parents at that point where I felt comfortable to tell them what had happened to me. Um, I didn't have friends that I could tell what happened to me. And, um, and I, I was just, I was terrified. Hmm. Um, Probably felt very alone. Yeah. It was, it was a scary moment for me. Um, and so I had the dorm, you know, the, your knees hit the dorm room floor, like, <laughs> like crying out to yeah. God, God save me from this how do i move on how to how do i 
have a relationship with you. Like, I see people who do. Like, how do I do this? And uh, from that moment, I would say specifically that moment was when God transformed my heart. Mm. I mean, it was, I was never the same after that moment. When I finally submitted to him and said, God, be my Lord, um, be my Savior, uh, that's when he just picked me up and held me close. And he was all I had. Um, I know I say that because I had people that I could call, but I just didn't feel like I could tell them what yeah. was going on. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so So after that, after that moment... Is, has passed you've experienced that moment what then yeah that's when I, what I was thinking because I I had all these friends that I I was friends with and and I realized that I didn't need them anymore I like literally dropped all of my friends <laughs> like I, I can remember thinking like these aren't my friends anymore. Like these people aren't who I need to be in fellowship with. And I need to find people who are like-minded and who know who Jesus is and that will help build me up in that. And so um, I slowly got involved in uh, something called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Mm -hmm. And they met on Thursday nights. And you guys are going to get a kick out of this. And um, it was, they, we met in Gaines Theater. <laughs> So, so my I'd son's name is I had forgotten about that Gaines. little fact. He's not yeah. necessarily named after the theater. No, he's named after Ryan's grandfather. But this was also a very special place for me. It was Gaines Theater because this is where I started to grow in hmm. my faith. Um, there was a, a, a pastor that spoke. He was kind of our Ivy leader, but he spoke um, his name. His name was Haas, and he was this massive soccer player guy, like huge. Like He looked Haas like a football Haas. player, <laughs> but we called him Haas. And he preached in a way I'd never heard. He was a storyteller. Hmm. And so when he opened up the word, he told a story about whatever he was reading mm -hmm. and just made the whole entire story come to life. That's cool. In a way I had never heard or experienced as a believer. So this um, kind of made me want to read the Bible because <laughs> I was like, I never realized that, you know, Jesus was walking through a vineyard when he was telling us about the, you know, different stories in the Bible, like just like details right. that I never. All of a sudden they came to life. Those yeah. words came to life. Yeah, it was, uh, it was so real. And so. I started reading my Bible, and then I think it was like two months later, I picked up that book, that Passion of Jesus Christ, and I read it, and it was, it was completely different. It was like every single page was a new, hmm. new exploration of my faith that I never had experienced before. Isn't it a funny and kind of a strange thing how there's certain things you hear all your life? And they could be simple phrases or statements, but something, maybe you take the phrase for granted, but then all of a sudden you hear it one day and it's like, you, your mind explodes because you realize there's this massive depth to such a simple yeah. statement. 
I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of like Pharaoh when God talks about hardening his heart or, um, uh, you know, we, we didn't have ears to hear uh, what the truth was of the gospel. And, and when, when you finally are like open yourself up to, to him, he gives you those ears and you hear things and you, mm-hmm. you, you read things and, and everything is fresh and new and you're like, oh, I get this now. Like yeah. this is... This is so awesome. Um, and kind of, I just grew from there in my faith, but something I definitely want to talk about quickly, and this kind of brings it back to, to the beginning where I was talking about being an infant. And I did talk about this in my short testimony, but being, uh, being an infant in, in your faith doesn't necessarily mean that you're young, um, at, like age-wise. Yeah. So I was an infant in my faith as a college yeah. student still. I never I never grew. I was still drinking the milk of the word, which in I think is in First Timothy. Yeah. They're talking to the believers. Timothy's talking to the believers about how, you know, you were young in your faith, you you had the milk of the word, but now you're mature it's and time you to can eat a eat, steak meal. Yeah. <laughs> you can eat meat. Yeah. We as believers cannot just continue to drink milk. Yeah. Yeah. Or we're just going to stay babies. And and when somebody comes up to us and and says, you know, why do you believe what you believe? We're going to all all we're going to have is ABCs. Mhm. A admit believe, you know, but literally like right. that's all we'll have. Yeah. So so if we're not if we're not like getting our arsenal ready and and getting in the word and growing in that and sharpening those things, you know, we're not going to have, we're not going to be able to defend our faith the way that God's called us to. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. And, um, I heard a, a talk. It was a female, it was a group of women and we all sat down and talked about, um, eating disorders and and this has nothing to do with eating disorders in terms of women who are struggling with actual eating disorders this has to do with our faith and how you know the milk if that's all we're having then we're spiritually anorexic we don't we don't have what it takes to survive Mm. our faith um we need to to eat the meat we need to eat the good stuff yeah, and be feeding on the word. Uh, you know, Jesus says He's the bread of life. You know, like, like the woman at the well. You know, she she was searching for that, and and Jesus was there to 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 show her what you know the water looks like. You know, Him and and the Holy Spirit coming yeah. inside of us. Um. So so, I think. It's important, kind of, if there's a takeaway from all of this, it's it's that every story um, has a beginning and end. But if we're still children in our faith, we need to to mature and grow and find fellowship and find that meat, that community, um, mm-hmm. that church family, mm-hmm. that family. Yeah. Um, and that, it's interesting because it, I think it goes back full circle to what your parents did for you as a kid. Those things that you learned came back. Mm-hmm. 
um, because of their intention in in finding that community. Real quickly, there's uh, so you start growing, and um, I why don't you tell us tell everybody what is it that you do now, and how do you see your faith in the arts and the theater world interacting? How does that, how do you view that now as opposed to when you were first in college? Yeah, that's a great question. Because uh, I still do theater and, and, you know, I was telling you earlier that it became something that was very egotistical and... But not some, so much as an actor. No, no, yeah, it had some idolatry in it. Well, no, um, no, no, but you, you still do theater, but not so much as an actor. Right. What is it you do? Right, so... Uh, I kind of, when, when I became, once my faith changed and transformed, I actually changed my major from being a performance, uh, theater major to a technical theater major. Um, (laughs) I'm getting emotional about this. I don't know why, (laughs) but, but I fell in love with producing theater, um, doing all the stuff that nobody else saw. All the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the rest of the iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I do like lighting design and, and set design and, and creating art on stage. So, and, and I just got a job as a high school teacher teaching drama to Stratford High School students. Woo woo, Stratford Knights. <laughs> um, and I start that in a few weeks. Um, and I hope to inspire them to see more than just just the surface level of what theater is. I know this is probably a lot more than just two minutes worth of material, but real quick, two minutes. Because um, you mentioned before the theater world can be very liberal and have interesting views uh, on things and, and how they portray things. So as a believer, what do you see, how do you see the role of the theater in sharing the gospel or like what is what is its purpose that's a great question uh the the arts in general um were the word created you know like god had god created the earth he created the universe he created us mm-hmm this is all the arts. I mean, That's he it. is a creative God. He he calls us to be creative. And, and I think that if... if We're um, created to be creative. Yeah. <laughs> if we're kind of living in a box and we're, and we're not expressing ourselves and being creative, it, it's we're not living up to, to how we've been created, to be creative. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think everyone should have some sort of outlet some people's creativity is organizing spreadsheets yeah hey that's awesome and that's their art and they're good at it yeah Uh, i know uh, denise she said she's good at organizing that's like her art like we all have some art that we are are have been called to do and in talents and gifts Mm -hmm. you know music uh, so I think for me, I, I want to find that in, in people. Um, I want to find that 
creative juices in people and I want it to grow in them I want to I want to encourage it and see it grow into something that can be transformate transformative in people's hearts I mean for instance uh, the past two years um, I've taken a group from Liberty which is my other job that I that we left and um to to Belgium and France to do uh, wordless dramas I mean, this this art form, you don't need language. Right. Yeah, because y'all were able to use that to people that spoke French. Yeah. And the majority of you could not speak French. I cannot but you, speak French. <laughs> but you were able to communicate to them. Mm-hmm. And we saw people come to the Christ through it um, because they were able to see this emotional response um, to, to their faith. And... and kind of experience it in a way other than words right um, obviously we point them to the word right um but we can, we have that in every language you know almost we're yeah. working on that still i think bible translators are still working on that but we have it almost in every language and so if we're able to present this wordless drama and then give them the word and point to them the answer i mean that's huge that's yeah that's huge that's that's really good that's really good i wish i I could sit and talk about this topic all day long you can babe we're married yeah we can talk about it we'll probably be talking about this more (laughs) later (laughs) for sure but we are out of time for this week um nicole thank you so much for sitting and talking and sharing your story with our church and anybody else that that wants to to take a listen join us again next week we're going to have another story of a very near and, and dear couple steve and denise brunson um man i love the brunsons they are one of a kind and david and i were actually talking about this the other day when they're not around or like they're not at church we we dearly miss them because the life that they have in their presence and the joy that they have is is just you can't be around them and not see it mm-hmm. yeah and and so we're gonna we're gonna hear their story next week and it's it's a pretty incredible story so join us next week uh, if you haven't subscribed go ahead and click the subscribe or whatever it is you do to do all that stuff share it with a friend um, And until next time, we'll talk to you later.